0: Oh, hey, Rebels. It's me, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. However, this is the internet, and the beauty of that is that you can listen or watch whenever is convenient for you. Now, tonight my guest is Kyle Kemper. Kyle is the half-brother of Justin Trudeau, and um, he's a little different than his brother. He's pretty freedom-oriented, freedom-minded, and he wants to rethink the way Canadians are doing politics, and he wants to undo the existing power structures, and as an Albertan who is pretty sick of Confederation, I'm all ears. Now, we're talking about a few other things too, but if you like listening to the show, then I promise you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News+. Plus. That's what we call our premium, long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, which I think is worth the price of admission. But you also get access to Ezra's nightly Ezra Levant show, David Menzies' fun Friday night show Rebel Roundup, Andrew Chapados' show Andrew Says, and we have another brand-new show called Misunderstood with Kat and Nat. And for all of this... It's only 8 bucks a month to subscribe. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member today. And just for our podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus subscription by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Again, super easy. Rebelnewsplus.com. Use the coupon code PODCAST. 10% off. Bob's your uncle. And would you mind doing me a favor? If you are listening to us on the podcast platform of your choosing leave us a five-star review wherever that is because it helps push us a little higher in the algorithm i like to have higher reviews than cbc of course too and it's a great way for other people to find us it's a great way to support the show without ever having to spend a dime and now please enjoy this free audio only version of my show On today's show, Kyle Kemper discusses his ideas for giving people back their power, for holding the government accountable, and for unshackling our finances from the big banks, which are easily controllable by the government. I'm Sheila Gunn Reid, and you're watching The Gun Show. kyle kemper i think you just might you see kyle kemper is justin trudeau's half brother but i do not think that should define who kyle is or the ideas that he has however it is undeniably interesting that kyle is so diametrically opposed to his brother on issues of free speech direct democracy and of course monetary policy i'm definitely not defined by my siblings i don't think kyle should be defined by his either i don't think anybody should Kyle was the executive director of the Blockchain Association of Canada, and at least it's my impression that he sees this moment in time with people rising up against government control with the truckers' convoy and with governments reacting in the most authoritarian of ways to that peaceful populist uprising as a perfect opportunity for a power grab. But away from the government, an opportunity to decentralize. And the way Kyle sees this happening is through something he describes as a decentralized autonomous organization, something that exists outside of government and financial institutions, which makes it insulated from cancel culture and government control. So Kyle joins me today from San Diego in an interview we recorded yesterday morning to explain his plan for a new way forward. is Kyle Kemper from San Diego. Now, some of you may know Kyle as Justin Trudeau's half-brother, but um, that's not why I want to talk to Kyle. I want to talk to Kyle because he has written, I guess, a booklet about decentralized autonomous systems and direct democracy. And I think there has never been a more opportune time to talk about this. And I think society is open to decentralizing and as an Albertan, this has been the drum I've been banging for a long time. The centralized Canadian government system has never been good for us out here in Alberta. And, uh, uh, Kyle, I think you tell me you were sort of inspired by the convoy and the government's reaction to the convoy to sort of put your thoughts to paper.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show, Sheila. Um yeah, I mean, the the great Canadian freedom convoy, as I like to call it, um, was just such an unbelievable, inspiring showcase of love and unity and inclusion and self-expression mixed with this con- this idea of civic engagement. People were t- participating because they really felt like, you know, they had to do something, they had to stand up. And, you know, it was entirely nonviolent and so beautiful. And, you know, while the images from the conclusion of it, you know, will kind of last in everybody's memories, you know, the 17 days that took place in Ottawa of this kind of incredible experience, I think is something that we can all, everyone can return as heroes from that, uh, you know, and tell the tales of what actually happened there. Because, you know, your organization was one of the only ones to, you um, To actually showcase what was happening as opposed to just these radical smears. Um, But out of all of it, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people through Ottawa over 17 days, and they couldn't even get an audience like, you know, with with you know, policymakers. you had doctors, nurses, scientists coming together, making the case saying, look, let's have an audience. And, you know, that type of energy and like it was not a fringe minority. It was people from all different backgrounds and people coming out like to support those who couldn't be there. And we've seen rallies all across the country, too, um, but no engagement. And you know, we just saw Randy Hillier, like you know, declare that he's not seeking re-election, and he's not. And he made a very clear statement that the political system is broken. Like it has become a system where the parties vote for themselves; um, they vote for the parties and they vote for the party interests. They do not represent the people. Uh, and we look at, and when we look at our kind of system of governance, this Westminster kind of British, um, you know, system, it was. Um, it made sense when there was Canada as a super large nation when, you know, we had people all over and we didn't have telephones or even electricity, and you needed people to come together to kind of represent their various regions. That makes sense. But, you the thing about centralized systems over time is they just become more secretive and corrupt. And I think we're at the pinnacle of that right now. And we are in the age of the internet and exponential technologies, and we have decentralized um, currencies and ledgers that present amazing opportunities for innovation. And yet we're using this Westminster system of governance, which is like using Morse code in the time of the internet. It's broken. And so, you know, I posit that... You know it's time for us to start looking at new models of doing things and you know one of my favorite quotes from buckminster fuller and it says you can't fix the system by fighting it to change something build a new model that makes the existing system obsolete so i suggest that that is the point that we're at right now and you know by the actions of Justin and his people and the party and the other parties working together towards, you know, staying in power and keeping their paychecks because I don't think they want an election right now. Um, they pushed us um, to to innovate and create. And they're like, you know, and they just keep pushing and they're relentless. It's like, it, it makes no sense. So therefore, like, let's start looking, let's criticize by creating, let's start building.
0: Now, I think, the reason your your thoughts really struck a chord with me is that I have been saying that the convoy itself is a reaction to the failure of the institutions around the people. Um during the pandemic, all those things that normally people look to to protect their civil liberties or to even make sense, they all completely failed. The Chamber of Commerce wasn't pro-business, it was pro-lockdown. The courts, they are not representing the people and they're not upholding civil liberties. They're not upholding the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which is the thing by which they govern all other things. Didn't happen. So you look to the politicians, it didn't happen. They didn't represent their constituents. You look to the churches, well, the churches were closed. Because they fell in line with the government. So the people around them saw the politicians failed, academia failed, the courts failed, the churches failed. Everything failed all along the way. But like good Canadians, they relied on themselves and their neighbours to have their voices heard. And I think that's why what you're saying now about you know building a new system or rethinking ways to do it. I think the convoy itself was probably the event horizon of all of that.
1: Yeah. Again, it's like people got pushed so hard and like, you know, two years of isolation and fear based propaganda, like, you know, aiming to control them while watching all of our fundamental, uh liberties being stripped from us i mean those of us who who are aware of it and that weren't just operating underneath the fear spell um you know that was so significantly cast and now we have a very divided society and i know that as, as well a bunch of people who are very kind of you know very critical and very awake um you know they were they were also living in a state of a little bit of fear regarding like oh it was like are the things i'm saying like gonna come back and get me or like you know is someone gonna knock on my door it's like and then they went to ottawa and they're like wow like we are there are so many people like this is so beautiful like this is the side of history that you know i'm i'm proud to stand on because like we need to stand in our truths right now and and like, and and as very, very well put, all of our systems broke down. Like the unions, I mean, come on, they're supposed yeah. to represent the people, but they're representing literally their investors because they're all invested in, like you know, pharmaceuticals and and you know this experimental magnetic goo.
0: <laughs> now you, I, and again, <laughs> what a great way to put it. I in in your uh, in your writing, you said that your brother played the villain in all of this. Um, it, you described the um, the convoy as freezing man as opposed to burning man, which I think was a great way to put it. Um, but um, uh, tell me what you think about, um, you know, the actions of the government and invoking the Emergencies Act to deal with, as you say, this freedom festival, freezing man. Um, do you think that, Doing that so easily uh, means that it will happen easily again, I guess, next time that there's an uprising of, of I mortals.
1: Mean, I think that there was their plan all along to enact that at some point. Like they wanted mm-hmm. to do that because they wanted to, to you know, um, further merge the state with the financial institutions mm. and give, you know, greater control or take greater control over free Canadians lives and bank accounts um, and like you know it was so peaceful and so wonderful that they literally like had to stage photos and like just run on that and you know like, you know operate with goggles on of just looking towards like you know their blue checkmark media as like you know for telling them the truth of what was happening on the ground and like you know just avoiding Ever, all the reality of what actually was taking place. Um, yeah, and so they just like, you know, push that. And then ultimately by the end, I mean, I think, you know, I feel like they did a great job and like after 17 days, like, okay, like, you know, there was, there was definitely like, okay, this, this thing's got to kind of like, you know, break up in some way. And I just wish there had been like, you know, cause we've seen a lot of, a lot of like, you know, positive, momentum and positive changes all across canada as a result of it um but you know it's a real shame that instead of like you know engaging and asking them to like you know peacefully leave that instead we're going to like you know bring in a bunch of stormtroopers and like you know cause this kind of scene that really just further kind of makes people angry and it also like painted the whole thing as like, you know, a protest. That's where they got like their protest. Whereas this is really a movement. It was like, you know, a, a, a freedom movement. And then, you know, combined, but we talked about emergencies that coming after the crowdfunding. And like, you know, and it showed like how in cahoots they were with GoFundMe to be able to do that. And then as soon as like, okay, there's an there's an outside innovator and in give send go to like, you know, send their demon hackers after that and then docs. Um, you know, all the participants of that basically is intimidation, and then with the you know with the mainstream media, like you know, like seeking to report, basically intimidate. Um, you know, the people. It was, it's full on psychological warfare that's coming from this camp, which is definitely, which does not. I do not believe this reflects kind of, you know, Canadian values and respect for the individual respect for life and liberty and value creation. Um, It's just like, this is, it's like our way or the highway. And I think a lot of people are like, yo, your way has been like really messed up the last two years. And before that, you know, it wasn't so evident, but like in the last two years, like you guys have gone really crazy. And like, you know, how much fear can you be pushing on the people um, you know, like preaching like scary, scary, scary coronavirus, stay at home, like, you know, drink yeah. and keep drinking and order all your food in line and, but don't connect with your other people. Let's close down the bars. Let's, let's ravage small businesses of Canada while supporting, you know, the Amazons, the Costco's, the Walmarts, etc. the, you know, the, 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 the blah, blahs, shoppers, blah, whatever. Um, and then all with like, you know, the pharmaceutical, um, you know, industrial complex being the massive beneficiaries of it with zero uh accountability or transparency into these gargantuan deals um like you know the scope of which these deals like when they announced that like right at the end of this whole at the like the end of the trucker convoy they're like we're gonna spend two and a half billion dollars on rapid tests what what Like, you know, it's like you want this thing to keep going. At the same time, they're talking about banning single use plastics. It's like this just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And I remember, like, in the beginning, all through this, I was wondering, like, Justin, why are you talking about, you know, vitamin D or exercise or nutrition or, like, you know, helping people's immune systems and, like, you know, encouraging Canadians to improve their immune systems so that they'll be, you know, more capable of fighting this? But there's none of that. It's all about fear and positioning hope in the vaccine. Which uh, or whatever you want to call it, this you know, their experimental like
0: goo. Gene,
1: experimental <laughs> gene therapy injection is what Reiner Fulmich and, and and what's his name, David Martin are calling it, which I think is great. You know, David I calls it a fake vaccine. I think that's also <laughs> a good one. Um, you know, and but and then to be pushing it on all the kids while at the same time like we you know, watching my kids go to school and like you know being forced to wear masks, I was like, oh my gosh. Like it's so terrible for a for a seven year old and a four year old to be forced to wear a mask all day. It's so dehumanizing, demoralizing. And like, you know, and again, it's like why did we do any of this? And if we look back to the roots of it, like I think it's important that we, you know, study what took place here and really search for accountability because at the end of the day, like you know, it was a concerted effort by by a few, you know, in cahoots with, like, you know, global mainstream media to shock and awe the world into being so scared of a coronavirus that, you know, they we, we destroyed small businesses and destroyed the way of life on 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 planet Earth. But with that, again, with that, with the darkness comes great lightness, and I think it offered a lot of people an opportunity to reflect on their own lives, where they live, who they hang out with, why they're doing what they're doing. Um, you know, it triggered this massive remote work thing, which is kind of, you know, a little bit a little bit interesting, but you know, that's one of the realities of it. But I think a lot of people kind of, you know, woke up to this too and with this shock there's been a lot with all the darkness there's been a lot of light and i'd akin it to that We're in this age change we're like you know the way things were pre-pandemic wasn't like great like you know there's still a lot of issues and so this chaos is providing us with an opportunity to like think about new systems and new system design and implementing in and creating this and i mean i have been in the crypto industry for a while right. and believe that you know this tech can be utilized to actually create privacy and more abundancy you know in society and love and create accountability and transparency and responsibility within our public institutions and within organizational decision making and that comes to you know the idea of DAOs.
0: now i It's funny because during all of this, I've seen strange friends and allies forming because uh, resistance to the pandemic is really resistance to government control and authoritarianism. I think that's really what it's about. And you're seeing people who normally are not on the same side politically march at the same protest. You've got, you know, the, the granola types, you've got the Christian right, blue-collar workers. They're all marching at the same protest because it doesn't break down along party lines anymore. It's people who want to be left alone and the people who just won't leave them alone. And that that's sort of where politics are these days. And we've seen, as you point out, the merger of the pharmaceutical companies, the media, banking with the government and it's created this sort of four-headed hydra of controlling people's lives but you have a sort of a, a plan or an idea to uh decentralize and take the power back from these um power hungry beasts that have accumulated it over the last 24 months. And one of those is cryptocurrency used to be the executive director of the Blockchain Association of Canada. What role does cryptocurrency play in all of this? Um, And do you think the government will ever be able to regulate it? Because they they seem like they want to, or they've hinted that they're going to. But then when I hear Christy Freeland talk about it, it's like listening to my mother-in-law try to understand how to program her remote control. I don't think she quite gets it. (laughs) <laughs> what role yeah. does it play in all of this
1: well and it's important like you know to look at the reactions from like you know some of the you know swamp monsters like for example Mark, Mark Carney like I remember yeah. watching him um, like someone talked about Bitcoin and instantly I watched him like like ugh, like you could see it was like whoa, <laughs> oh, no it was like he doesn't the like
0: kryptonite.
1: It. like they don't like it because it's a it's a threat to their monopoly on on money and you know if in a world where we just have like you know these central bank issued currencies that they can create it as much as they want ad nauseum. Um, They have all the power, but as people start moving to parallel systems and Bitcoin represents a parallel system and cryptocurrencies represent a parallel system and where you can create, you know, different tokens to represent, you know, different interests or have different utilities, you know, all of a sudden these are these new systems that make the existing one obsolete. Now, it doesn't make them like, you know, it doesn't remove them overnight. Like, you know, you can still use cash But it's not as it's not it's there's other alternatives. We are we've broken the monopoly of money with with cryptocurrency. And now they're now like, you know, one of their next moves that they're trying to push is the idea of this CBDC, the central bank digital currency, which won't be like Bitcoin. It'll be like be like just basically a digital bank account. But you know, you'll need permission in order to participate in it. And it'll probably be attached to your identity and they can like, you know, like
0: social in, credits. Instead <laughs> of needing
1: to go to instead of needing to go to the bank to say close down that account. Like they'll be able to, okay, let's just shut down that account or um, you know, and and like I get that like, you know, in this central in like, you know, ever with ever increasing centralization, you'd want that power. Um and but there's going to be resistance to that, like from our banking industry, for one, because it make them kind of obsolete because, you know, you will just be able to get a bank account or basically an account with the, with the Bank of Canada. But I don't know, they'll they'll work that 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 stuff out. But ultimately, like, you know, the great thing about crypto is like, you know, by downloading, for example, like Edge Wallet, which is a self-custody wallet. It's like having a Swiss bank in your pocket, um, like the old Swiss banks, not these new woke ones. Um, it's it's like you are in full control. You have your keys, you can send money, you can receive money, you can swap them, you can utilize it for different services. And ultimately like, you know, that's where identity is gonna be going to. What we solved. What, what Bitcoin solved, making, um, making kind of like, if you look, think about your wallet that you might have. Like, I don't know, I don't have a wallet anymore, but um, like the ones that we used to have, you'd have your cash slot, then you'd have your card slots. And like, Bitcoin solved the cash, and then like you know, blockchain and digital identity will solve all the different cards within it, and they're all different pieces. Like you know, and I think there's a there's a lot of fear out there with digital identity, yeah, rightly so because centralized digital identity solutions are very threatening if accenture ibm microsoft are the ones acting and the governments are acting as you know the masters of all of our data then you know the black mirror scenario where like boom you've been deleted and becomes very possible if we have decentralized you know self-sovereign digital identity where you know we hold on to all of our different shards of information and sure if like the you know if the government has you know your driver's license it's like one piece of identity that I then hold, um, you know, within my wallet, as opposed to like a card that I have to go, you know, occasionally get, uh, you know, pay money to have it renewed, et cetera. And then at any point too, like already the government can go and like suspend my license. Like there's right. nothing stopping them from doing that ex- right now. Um, you know, and then, and then the last thing about this, so we've got like, you know, the the, the cash and then we've got the cards, but now it's like voting and like right. voting is, you know, one of the big things because we don't have much transparency into the voting thing. And here in America, I know there's a lot of real questions. Like I was just a general friends, like reawaken America tour man, cool. people got a lot of questions yeah. um, about the integrity of the election system. And I think a bunch of Canadians also have questions about the integrity of the system and i think people also were are are, are many canadians who really cared last election time round like you know they participated with like you know for example the ppc it seemed to be the only party that you know was talking about lockdowns and you know the pharmaceutical agenda and all this this these things and but they were they were you know they weren't allowed to be participate in yeah. in the election, in the debates, etc. And you weren't even allowed to participate in the debates. And Then when sue. you did participate <laughs> in the d- debates, they didn't answer your questions. They said, "I don't want answer questions from you guys." <laughs> like what? Like how is that? How is that is this, is this real? Like is this is yeah. this is real? And so thinking about like utilizing blockchain technology, and this is what I wrote in this book, though, which is short. It's only like you know twenty pages, just like a primer yeah, to great. say, great. "Come on in, come on in, let's explore." what we can do when everybody has the ability to vote on things. Like imagine instead of it just being 360 people in Ottawa voting, you could actually vote on all those things they're doing. Um, Like
0: whether or not they're going to snatch some bank accounts.
1: Or enact the (laughs) enact an emergencies act or spend two and a half billion dollars on, you know, fake tests.
0: (laughs) Or the media bailout. (laughs) <laughs> or the
1: media bailout, and it's like you know, and then and then as well, you can use the technology too. Like think about CBC for example. Okay, they're funded by the Canadian taxpayers. Well, how about the Canadian taxpayers decide what content goes on CBC? So, like, how about we? Someone like, would you know, have
0: to watch it first. Who, someone, who are we going to appoint to watch it? <laughs> well,
1: I mean, or 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 the or the or the broadcast, or like you know, all the radios. Like, yeah. there's great infrastructure within CBC too. So mm-hmm. you know, if we want to talk about like you know, how about we leverage that to have like you know, open open radio within Canada, so that you know, if people really wanted, if enough Canadians were like, let's have Rebel News on on like utilize the CBC radio infrastructure,
0: like to an, actual an actual public broadcaster,
1: actual public broadcaster.
0: Wow. In, in,
1: indeed, I mean, like you know, those are the things that 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 we can happen. And I also asked on Twitter the other day. It's like you know, what are some things that, um you know, all Canadians might get behind that the politicians will never get behind. It's like income tax, like politicians never touch that one. Canadians, you know, like I swear, it's like 90% of Canadians like, yeah, we don't need that. Especially when presented with a very clear, like, you know, solution to it. And there are plenty of alternatives to this, like, you know, this horrible ball and chain that is income tax, Um, you know, and so, you know, we're utilizing new systems, we can address some of these systemic, like mythical beasts within Canadian society that, you know, need to be like, you know, challenged and, um, you know, and start like removing a lot of, I think we've just lived in a society where there's just so many laws that it's it's like, you know, we spent our entire life, like, being told what we can't do.
0: Yeah. And well, and there's so many issues to where the political class is completely detached from the normal people. Uh, immigration is a great example of this. I don't think there are very many Canadians who are actually against immigration. What they have a problem with is the immigration levels and allowing immigrants to fully integrate and become successful before you take in a bunch more. And it that's another thing that breaks down completely across party lines where Even NDP voters will say, you know what, once you tell them every, like the yearly immigration target, they will say, I think that's too high. I'm not against immigration, but let's bring that down a little. But that is something where the politicians in Ottawa, it's like a bidding war of who can get more immigrants into the country. And Normal people say you're not setting them up for success when you do that. And, you know, again, this goes to your point about income tax. This is something where the politicians are over here. And the normal people are way over here, and the media are over here enforcing the politicians' opinions on it.
1: Yeah, and creating this fake consensus amongst Canadians that yeah. this is what people really want because it's not the reality. What the CBC carbon tax is, is a telling, great
0: example of this, too.
1: I mean, what CBC <laughs> is, is suggesting, what C- CBC, CTV Global, Global Mail, like, you know, post media, they're all like just pushing this 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 twisted version of reality that is like their subjective perspective on how people should be and should act and etc. And it's like, you know, I think the vast majority of Canadians do not identify, you know, with that speak. Some people are under hypnosis from you know being under it and like you know the more times a, a, a lie is told to you like you eventually believe it sure. and then like when you can, can, like even and further like another 6 months yeah. of that then you begin defending it so you know all of a sudden like you know we've got a bunch of these hypnotized people out there who are like you know defending this um but then you know, they will when actually challenged they won't they won't discuss too. it
0: well, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think people are also scared, too, to hold a differing opinion. Look what happened to the people who quietly donated to the convoy. 25 bucks to a trucker, and all of a sudden, CBC is calling you to enforce the government's narrative that you are supporting terrorism. So there are oh, yeah. a lot of people who are afraid to speak up because they see what happens to everybody else when they speak up.
1: Well, exactly. And I mean, I just started like a Patreon and it was like growing, I was getting a couple of new patrons every day and like whatever that platform is centralized kind of like, you know, it's only a matter of time, I'd say. But then all of a sudden it was like, nope, it was like, you know, again, people, people were afraid. And then also like, you know, we had the Bitcoin fundraiser, too, and they came after those people. Too and like you know they went after them they came after the walls they showed up at their houses um like they're shutting down bank accounts and it's just like you know the suppression and what you know in the end of the day what's going to happen it's going to drive all of like the best innovators out of Canada and they're already it's already happened we've already lost like a lot of the best innovators have left Canada they're like I'm not not going to deal with it there or they've like you know they they've gone like you know off grid they're going into like you know prepper doomer mode and. You know, but I don't think that's good either. And like, you know, in talking to a bunch of like my colleagues, they're like, you know, we're really like, you know, concerned about the situation here. And, you know, we've definitely considered leaving. It'll cost us a lot of money to leave. But if we leave, it's like, I don't want to leave because this is my home and this is my community and this is where I grew up. And I feel like if we leave Like you know we're going into an uncertain situation and kind of leaving so it's like you know this is the importance of we must stand and start like you know coming together as communities at the local level at the town hall level to discuss things critically and to start enable like utilizing tech that gives us our voice back and enables people to submit proposals and 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 you know generate um or be civically engaged in society because we have been disconnected the government in this current like you know fascistic commie kind of structure it is about they're trying to create this bilateral relationship between in, individual Canadians and the government. And it's like, you know, it's like, it's all, they're just this big force that we need to directly deal with. And it's like, you don't recognize that, oh man, all around you, you've got communities. And when we start working together as communities, then we can take our power back. And like, you know, and when it comes back to like the really at the local level, and I think, you know, a lot of rural Canada, like, you know, many of the cities, they, they have their own challenges but like you know by and large Canadians all around like you know they support each other they 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 they've got each other's backs and um, you know and and from my perspective it's like okay let's explore the tech side of this Let's call on the builders because we have some of the greatest, greatest innovators and inventors and developers and creators, um, you know, in the world. A lot of them have left, but that doesn't mean they don't want to participate, and it also doesn't mean that people like you know outside of the world can't also help in building this so it's like you know now's the time to understand what do we want the system to look like what's the ideal outcome for it what are the covenants within it how do we make this not a governing system where somebody else is still in control of us but we as individuals hold on to our power and our like you know self-sovereign power powerful people
0: yeah, it's uh, it's really easy to want to run away off the battlefield when you're bullied by politicians, when you're bullied by the media and your bank account could be seized. But that's exactly what they want uh, people to do. They want to bully you into until you are no longer engaged. They want to bully you into compliance. Um, Kyle, what is the best way for people to get their hands on your booklet that I read that stimulated my thoughts so deeply?
1: So it's on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to just do like a, do do a video reading, but it's called CanadaO. So Canada O, DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization, CanadaO. How We Return Power to the People. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's a couple dollars on Amazon. Um, if you want to kind of engage, check out Canada, CanadaO.org. Um, and you can join like, you know, this, the beginning of this, what I hope to be an exponential organization. Um, so any way that, you know, you want to be involved and everybody can like, you know, be involved in, you know, whatever capacity they want. That's the beautiful thing about free will, um, and engagement is like, you know, Kind of come on, let's build the list, let's try and get more and more people. Like, we talk about absolutes, like, if everybody in Canada, like, you know, was participating in this and we could all vote on everything and be really apparent, like, okay, why do we need the, you know, the Queen or the Westminster system of governance anymore? Like, you know, why do we need to be paying these guys all this money and their staffs all this money to, you know, vote against the interests of Canadians, um, you know, and vote for the interests of uh, a select few who, you know, or, or c- corporations. Um, yeah, so, so CanonDow.org And then I've also got a Patreon channel that I mentioned earlier. So it's Patreon front slash Kyle Kemper, um, where kind of for as little as dollar a month, if you want to like support me, I am independent in this. I have no oaths to anybody. Um, I'm, I'm like, you know, unlike others, <laughs> I have no, I have no oaths that like, you know, that, that govern except to my wife, my incredible right. wife, Brit. Um, and then i'm on twitter too you know as long as that lasts um yeah,
0: who knows <laughs> every who day knows? is a no. borrowed day on twitter I mean,
1: it's like <laughs> i i you try to just but I, I i feel like with twitter again you can as long as you're just you you just got to be kind of careful with you know your words and i say that yeah. to everybody in general like you know be impeccable with your words sure. um because like recognize like you know that you can you can make you can you can like you know create anger or stoke division or stoke fear with your words um like or you can cast light you can, you can cast dark magic or black magic or white magic um yeah so and then like also it's like you know these guys are trying to get us angry too so right. don't let them get you angry like when when you get angry because of them it just is giving them your power so it's just like stop giving them your power don't be a
0: happy warrior.
1: You angry, warrior. be a light worker. Like go out there like you know like they like, learn from the truckers and freezing man like you know the power <laughs> of dancing and music and sharing and radical inclusion and discussion and you know community effort um you know and civic engagement like you know together like this is how we how we can do it like you know create provide an invitation to connect for others to you know connect and accept freedom into their lives this is an acceptance movement not a resistance this is about accepting freedom back into our lives and recognizing you know that our jailers um you know in the current government and you know are these hierarchical centralized systems that's we represent the lowest level of this pyramid um they do not serve our interests so let's leave the pyramid and let's let's work together in uh you know in a, in a, in building this new earth this new canada um that can focus on abundance um you know through participation and collaboration as opposed to division and scarcity and i know it can feel pretty scarce right now and that's kind of like you know what they're trying to do um, you know with this. but as we start coming together and working together we can recognize that this scarcity is kind of a a fear-generated illusion and it's gotten pretty far but just because like we are here doesn't mean it it's going to limit us from where we can go and i don't have all the answers i'm just i put made this book as an idea towards taking this someone wants to go ahead and just build it like go for it let's build it you want to connect like the future is about cooperation and and connection so like you know i'm talking about Canada at like a federal level but we're going to need ontario and quebec and like all in alberta and then city DAOs. so like you know calgary edmonton toronto and then neighborhood DAOs. And then other organizations too, political parties as well should probably be media organizations as well. Like you know, within within Rebel News, like there's an opportunity for uh, utilizing DAO memberships to enable, like you know, voting governance. Because once you have the power of the community, you'll find there might be a real real opportunity. You know, people may be donating a little bit every month towards different causes, but if they could really feel empowered to create, wow. Like, you know, all of a sudden, hey, you know, a national network of of antennas could go up. Um, sorry, I don't
0: know. <laughs> You're just full of solutions and ideas, Kyle. I want to thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I'm a little disappointed in myself that it took you. It took me so long to have you on the show. Um, and hopefully you'll be generous with your time and we'll have you back on again very, very soon
1: i'm totally down i really appreciate everything that you've done and you and ezra and avi and the whole team all around um you know it's it's doing the work of you know angels and actually showcasing what's going on and you know i like you know myself my family my media family um you know freedom lovers everywhere thank you so much sheila keep up the great work keep going forth be a great mom be a great human you're awesome oh i appreciate that
0: so i appreciate that so much kyle thanks so much i appreciate it
1: appreciate you
0: Well, that sure was fun. It's food for thought. And as I said to Kyle, I think the trucker's convoy was a reaction to normal people realizing that all the institutions they trusted have completely failed these past two years. And the people decided to do something for themselves, which is, I think, what Kyle is advocating for as well. I'll include the links to his booklet and his social media and his Patreon in the show notes today. Go ahead check it out for yourself. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.